Ah, yeah, thank you, Bad Marys, for that kick-ass introduction, and welcome to U.S. Comics Cast, episode 82, two topics, 60 minutes for the people. I am John Rivera, the CEO and co-founder of U.S. Comics. And I'm the COO and the other co-founder, Charlie Bone Thug and Harmony Rivera. We did not authorize that nickname. We didn't even broach it in, in pregame. I don't know what you're doing. But thank goodness we are joined by the lovely and talented Carrie Heffernan, a comic book aficionado <laughs> and educated to yours truly. And a lot of people would say just a princess among men. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see in about sixty minutes how that opinion is holding up. Um, again, for uh, Carrie is a first-time uh, co-host for the show, along with Charlie and myself. Charlie also, this is his first time. Charlie, welcome. <laughs> um, Carrie and I go back to the to the days of Ulster. Nay, the days of yore. Oh. We uh, we. Um, I don't want to say co-starred because it was really the show was really about the the druid, but some people. I was gonna say said, I was like, certainly not the star of that show. I, mean, I may have been know, the name title, the but title I don't know. Character. But... <laughs> I I was contemplating having Charlie write Carrie of the Sorrows on your <laughs> on your screen, but yeah. So we we met each other doing an original, uh, outstanding musical uh, on Long Island. Had an awesome time, and she's just been awesome ever since. I've kind of wavered here and there, but <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. No, this is great. And you don't give yourself enough credit. Come on. We're all great, right? See, Charlie, I don't give myself enough credit. <laughs> oh, she wasn't talking to me? I'm going to put on my mask. <laughs> I said we're all great. I said yes. we're all great. Oh, this is some I marketing love this. genius move on Charlie's point. this propaganda. Now, granted, here. this isn't going to play for the audio, but if you're listening... Charlie is wearing a mask because he is a hero. Available at U.S. Comics, U.S. Comics HQ. Um, outstanding merchandising, merchandising. Giving credit where credits due. Uh, we'll go ahead and thank our uh, sponsors for the program. First and first, mostly uh, bringing us in as always. Bad Mary Band. God, do they rock! Uh, you can uh, catch their act. At Bad Mary Band on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can go to their website because they're like grown-ups and have a website. <laughs> Badmary.com. Uh, you can check them out on uh, Patreon.com slash Badmary. Or just Bad Mary on any music streaming service of your personal preference. Uh, once you've done that, you should go ahead and check out Sergeant Finesse right here on Facebook Gaming. Uh, two a days, eight hours a day. Many, many suckers getting taken out by the SARS. He's a good friend of the program. He just joined us last week. Um, so I've given you clearly a lot to do. But um, that all being said, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of out of breath. So I'm going to hand it over to Charlie. Charlie, uh, why don't you go ahead and, you know, you do what you got to do with the timer. But kick <laughs> us off, brother. Let's do this thing. I want to talk about something that brings me endless joy uh, and that is Netflix. Uh, it is the quarantine. I have my mask, so I'm nice and safe. Uh, but I I need to be extra safe. So I lock myself in my house. And I just play hours and hours of Netflix. And luckily, 
Netflix, I think more than any other streaming service, was particularly prepared for this pandemic because there seems to be something new coming out every half second. Have you guys seen the trailer for Project Power? Oh, baby, baby, have I? I haven't. I don't know that I've seen it, actually, but I'm really bad at being. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys know right now. There's going to be a lot of disappointment happening about you're going to reference things. I'm going to be like, uh-huh. luckily, Charlie is going to educate all the masses, including <laughs> our, our co-star. So we have an original. This isn't based on a graphic novel. It's not based on some comic book that only got written to get it turned into a movie because we know that's what Hollywood's doing when they can't afford uh, I mean, hopefully oh, they'll they'll buy a, a couple issues because uh, I am ready to sell out Netflix. I'm not sure if you oh, saw the mask sure. in the cup. I can do it again. I got uh, <laughs> 20 bucks, 15 bucks. What you got? Um, Soon to be available on the Netflix website as well. Uh, Netflix and U.S. Comics cast. Uh, trademark pending. Um, but Project Power stars Jamie Foxx uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are probably the two biggest names out of it. Uh, but it exists in a world where... There's kind of a, a a pill you can take, and you wind up having a superpower. Very Batman Beyondish. I feel like Batman Beyond may have had a similar story arc, or that could have been like weird gene splicing. I don't know. All it is is you pop the pill, and maybe you become a fireball. You pop the pill, maybe you can fly. You pop the pill, you become Gumby Arms, because uh, some of the powers have to suck. There's 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 some like they all can't be good exactly what's your power my hand arm grows um Uh. but not particularly long just like teen wolf length um and what happens is joseph gordon levitt seems to be a cop on a mission to protect his city in this ever-changing time and jamie fox might be a super drug dealer i'm not really sure the trailer is equal parts like gave way too much away as well as also not telling you what the fuck's going on. Like he has so a you're just like sidekick. filling in the gaps. You're writing the you're writing your own script now to what this movie's exactly. about. Exactly. He has like a teen sidekick, and they even make like a very teen sidekick joke. Again, this is Project Power on Netflix. But like, I don't know what she does. I don't know what her sidekickery includes. I just know that they frame her as that. They're like, look at this, huh? Young black female lead, please watch our movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's the only white guy on the poster. Um, The way it should be. They had their 900 years of film study. Let's get... I want to be on a poster. I digress. Um, You're no no sidekick, Charlie. I got news for you. But I... What's the version of a sidekick but for, like, a villain? It's like me and Harley Quinn are, like, the the evil henchman club, but I don't want to be, like, number eight. That's what is LeFou to, to Gaston, his henchman? His, like a, that's a, not a henchman, though. Those are like, mo- yeah, like, like a lot of them. Henchman. Evil BFF. Yeah. I don't know. We may have Evil sidekick. I think it's still a sidekick. Why would sidekick have the good connotation? Yeah, because the thing about a henchman indicates like you're one of a gang. You know, this. it's not like you have one henchman. Like, I don't tell people Charlie's my henchman. Because they're just going to assume I have dozens of Charlies running around, which, frankly, would be a nightmare. (laughs) It would be a nightmare and a glorious revolution for the world. Yeah. But uh, Project Power, the the way, in a similar vein to, like, The Order, uh, again, just came out on Netflix, is based on a wonderful comic. Um, It got me realizing something about all of these superhero movies. And HBO Max has made a very big deal about the new Justice League cut that's coming out. That's, you know, 
grittier and than fucking ever. Uh, because we should talk about that on an episode. Yeah. Oh wait. Um, that's all <laughs> yeah, I talk Rat about. Ben Affleck is back. <laughs> is back in Batman shape, and that's the one shining, uh, shining delight in my life during this quarantine. Um, but that, it, Jennifer Garner. <laughs> it had me really thinking about this world of superhero comics we're currently living in, and I'm gonna kick it. Uh, I'm gonna kick it to you guys in just one second, but I just wanted to frame it. So power, uh, uh, Project Power, again, very, very gritty. It's it's this film that's supposed to, you know, it's 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 dirty. It's man on the street. It's not showing superheroes and like the spandex and the smiles. Uh, you look at something like um, pretty much any of the series that are popularizing uh, cable and, and and digital streaming right now you look at umbrella academy that's not a uh, happy-go-lucky you look at uh again, yeah it's a largely dark yeah. uh, kind of landscape for a lot of that storytelling and it and it sells to the point where even something like the most recent avengers by and large was this like gritty film that that third act moment where everyone comes to the portal it's it's less of a it is a superhero stampede but while it's happening no one's smiling no one's cracking wise so my question for you guys is i mean half of the world okay. disappeared like, you know but again, like it's not the, funny right now these are these are the spandex superheroes spider-man i will slap these are the spandex superheroes of our of our childhoods these are the the spandex clad heroes of today my question for you guys is are is there a home for happy superheroes or are we right now in a phase of the cinematic experience cannot be filled with joy uh things that come to mind while while you guys mull it over and we'll kick it to you first john but you know harley quinn her her <clears throat> kind of outing with the birds of prey had some levity in the trailer didn't make a lot of money um again it's kind of finding its home in this COVID landscape of a lot of people checking mm -hmm. out on digital and renting it from Redbox, and some people and just if bought they it have from... them, they absolutely should. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. But Bloody is good. there a home for bright colors, big shit-eating grins, or are we like too cool for that right now, John? What what's your instant thought on it? <sighs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty well established on the record um i'm ready to go when when dc wants to hand the reins over it's gonna be in good hands over here i'll even i'll even throw charlie a bone and i'll, I'll have the security uh put him on the list he can come upstairs um i know exactly how i want to handle someone like superman we'll, we'll just you know start with the king why, why not so I have a mental image now, and I have seen over the years of my fandom, I have seen Superman run the full spectrum of emotions. Some that I didn't even understand yet because of my age, right? I had no frame of reference. Um, but to me, he's a cat who genuinely enjoys supering, right? If he's going to do what he's got to do, he's flying from point A to point B. It's it's for a reason. He's not doing it to go catch you know catch the 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 Metropolis Knights uh, you know be before halftime. Um, he's doing so for a reason. But 
he's happy about it. So in the very rare occasion where he's personally uh, upset about something, mass death, uh, one of his loved ones being in danger, him being lied to or mis- misled somehow, those are the type of things that take Superman happy and turn him into Superman frowning. Uh, matter of fact, the, the name of the artist escapes me. Uh, was it George Perez, maybe? I don't remember. But he was like famous for animating Superman in action with a shit-eating grin. He fucking loved what he was doing. Um, Batman, you know, uh, in contrast, Batman has got for re- he's got resting bat face. He always <laughs> looks like something's wrong. Somebody took a poop in his cereal. Um, fucking so, Alfred. <laughs> so my narrative mind says, if you have this established over X amount of pages or X amount of issues, Superman smiling, Batman scowling. If you're on the other side of that line in the sand and you do dirty, right? You do what you got to do as a criminal uh, or a villain or black hat. um, And you have now caused Superman to scowl or conversely, Batman to smile. Boy, oh boy, (laughs) are you in some deep shit. You done (laughs) fucked up, Holmes. Um, so, so that's how personally I would handle it. I, so the, the, the short version answer, cause I know that was the long one. I was really just giving carrot carrot some time to think about it. Um, the short, the short version sure. version of it is it depends on the character. You absolutely should have a balance of happy go lucky. I love my job for lack of a better term. Whether the superheroes, humans operating in the world of superheroes, magical people, Whatever. I think that a, ba- a, a balance is very important. You shouldn't have, a, a, they shouldn't be, all be Care Bears. They shouldn't all be Smurfs and be running around um, like they like they drank the Kool-Aid. But they also shouldn't all look like a rave is about to start at Emo Central under the bridge with lights and spinners and, you know, tubes in their ears and stuff like that. So, uh, again, short version, it's a balance. I think that the viewers, the readers... Um, they're they're absolutely ready for it. If anything, now it would be a refreshing change. So yeah, my short answer, Alex, uh, <laughs> for six hundred is um, it's a it's a combination. That's that's what would be best. That's what we're ready for, and uh, that's just <clears throat> what, what I think the you know the genre needs. So before we kick it to you, Carrie, playing off of John's point, very famously, very famously. That's such hyperbole and such bullshit. Um, A lot this, of setup. This, this be week very on famous. this week on Twitter, they showed uh, how they redigitized Superman's suit to instead of being the classic red, blue, and gold, um, they made it black and silver. Uh, and the director of of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman was and it, HBO was it. Digitized it was that digitized. Way, they there specifically was a, there wasn't a physical black suit. It wasn't a physical black suit because the studio said Superman's not supposed to be uh, an emo J off. Um, <sighs> but this director was so bound and determined to say, "Well, characters all have to be the same moody asshole." Have, or have use... we put like a have we put a kibosh on saying the name Snyder at this point? I just because everybody's talking it, about it. I find it offensive. He's like uh, to your use Voldemort. that word in my presence. But um, right. honestly, I just couldn't remember his name because my notes are obscured because we had to move some stuff around. Um, but or if you look at something like the journey the Teen Titans have taken, 
Teen Titans was this wonderfully beloved comic book series. It got its own cartoon series, which kind of walked this very fun line of it was very goofy, but had very emotional beats. They then said, kids love it. Take away all the emotional beats. Give them pizza. <laughs> and then because like on the heels of that, when they took Teen Titans live action, they said, there's too much goddamn pizza in the show. Let's make it just dark and brooding. So Teen Titans in, has... In their defense, pizza does not play as fun in live action as it does in cartoons. All right, first I of think all, the yeah. turtles have taught us that. Now, I know pizza looks like a gift from the gods. And I mean, like, pizza, pizza is all real pizza is also a gift from yeah. the gods. But, you know, <laughs> it's a very I, thinking about it. Like, and obviously yeah. Ninja Turtles is what pops into your head first. I was Damn like, ooh, yeah, pizza. If, if anything, <laughs> cartoon pizza kind of dances that fine line of making real pizza disappointing if if anyone listening or watching this hasn't tried to do the patented turtle pull where there's like 10 feet of cheese stretching from the slice to the pie you're lying you're lying <laughs> or for some reason you don't eat pizza yeah like a chump uh so carrie <laughs> we'll we'll kick it to you what do you feel about this this current um world of if you're a superhero it better be raining you better be on a rooftop and if you can throw some black leather comics so i feel like the genre itself has been ever evolving as proof of your weekly conversation about it <laughs> um and i think that we've gone through some stages and like now we are at this kind of point like you were saying charlie of you know it's it's dark like even the stills are dark like it's dark mm. And which is, you know, different than what it used to be. And like, honestly, I'm I'm sick of it. So I am ready for the change. But I feel like it's just like this and this cycle and they start, you know, Hollywood or movie makers, which is, you know, where I feel like the biggest exposure comes from. Um, they all play off of each other because what what and then it starts to become almost this formula, like each superhero movie has the same things going on. You know, it's in an hour that first fight scenes happening in an hour. <laughs> I also used to work at a movie theater and like so I and was a manager at a movie theater. So like I knew a lot of the statistics and the people, you know, coming in and when they were coming in and when they were taking their break to go to the bathrooms because that <laughs> scene, you know, an hour in, you know, in the movies, you know, they, they have a little bit of a downer and they're like, right. you know, this is your time to go to the bathroom. That's even worked into like movies, you know, like it's all this formula. And right now we're in this formula that for me is, I think, getting kind of boring. And like, um, cause I think Avengers did such a great job of transforming the genre with, um, Iron Man and Captain America and, and, and the Avengers. And, um, I think that DC, like, I don't know. I I love Batman and I love Superman, but what DC did with those movies, I, okay, I fell asleep during Batman versus Superman, and I it was after a long shift at the movie theater, but like, I could not stay awake, and I could stay awake a little bit when Wonder Woman was there and she was great, but it just could not that keep my attention. That is not not the first time that I've heard that. That should have been one of those moments that you're like telling future generations about. Mm -hmm. That was the day that I saw the Holy Trinity on screen mm -hmm. for the first time. I mean, they they didn't just drop the ball. They pulled like a coach Knight uh, when he was when he was in Indiana. He like he threw the chair onto the court, kicked the ball into the stands like they they ruined the ball. Like, yeah, it's going to be very hard for somebody to go and uh, and fetch that and bring it back and kind of re uh, reinvent that particular will. I completely agree with you, Carrie. And. I, I try not to 
to place blame. Um, that's a lie. I do it all the time. <laughs> Everyone um, places blame. It's easy. Yeah. Well, you need to place blame first, but then, you know, don't leave the blame. You know, the thing is, it's not style. my fault. It's the person that I'm blaming. Uh, okay, fault. yeah. So, yeah, so to me, I, I think you're 100% right. What ends up happening is Hollywood, for lack of a better term, as we like to say often, um, when they find something that works, they're like, okay, let's let's replicate Maybe. the bejesus out of it because we're going to replicate the result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what we got with the DC Universe was just a series of movies that were ultimately pale imitations of the Dark Knight series because mm. visually they all look the same. Now, you do have that in Hollywood to varying success because the Harry Potter movies, just to, to, to pull some stuff that we don't talk about too often, the Harry Potter movies look virtually identical. From like one to 170. Well, I'm a Harry Potter fan, and I would argue two to three. There's a change, but well, we will be a little. We won't get that stickler on it. You, you know what though? <laughs> for for a true fan, for for a true fan, they can see those uh, those the variations that you know that are that are fine. Like the difference between a raven and a crow. To most people, like big big black bird. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> can I go outside right now? Is it safe? But but yeah no you're right to a, to an expert they can differentiate mm-hmm. but I would I would argue that to a to a layman someone like me I didn't read the books I didn't grow up with it like I can't wait for these to come out um, I when I so if I'm flipping through uh, the channels unless I stick with it for long enough that some kind of plot develops I don't have any idea which one it is and more more to my original point I have no idea who directed it. Mm. And to whatever level that they achieved kind of that um, homogenousness, they did it on purpose, right? They wanted it that way. And uh, Avengers, is, uh, well, Marvel is another good example. Favreau hit a home run, an absolute unmitigated grand slam with Iron Man. Visually, for the most part, regardless of where the the action takes place, Earth movies, space movies, you know, other planet movies, they could have all been filmed by the same guy with the same crew. You know, oh, oh shit, it was over a span of a decade, but um, they now they were very successful with it. So they they ran that playbook um, to their you know to their to their benefit. So I don't know. I think it comes it comes with mixed results. Clearly, whether it's a good idea or not to like you know uh, rinse repeat. Uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I do think this though the the dark aspect of it. Looking back, the the Michael Keaton Batman movie was dark, right? Mm. By by the definition of the term, it was dark looking. Yeah. But it wasn't dark in tone. Correct. I, I right? mean, that's a great so that's, example. That's a, that's how you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. So well, that's you know. For, that's a wonderful example because there's that wonderful scene where he's eating soup and it's like cold. The the, the Michael Key <laughs> in Batman movie has a brilliant moment where in the middle of all this like Joker and he's Batman and Alfred's old as hell and the car is so rad where he's given so dinner old. and the scene is, oh, you're going to get dinner. It's going to be a fancy uh-huh. soup that's served cold. But since it's soup, you're expecting it hot. So you're going to have a commentary on a specific cold ass <laughs> soup. That scene to me is way more important than the giant gun out of the trousers or the fact that the Batmobile <laughs> keeps blowing shit up. 
Um, well, the giant gun out of, out of the trousers, I'm, I'm like, how's, how are you walking around? How could you possibly sit down on the subway? That's just not practical. But Well, if we're talking about practicality, <laughs> if we want yeah. to start down that road. <laughs> yeah, giant rubber suit. Who, who, who else doesn't rock that? Um, Gary, but let me ask you anyone this. Say they didn't have that, make that gazpacho mistake, they're lying to you. I promise <laughs> they're lying to you. Carrie, let me ask you this. Of the do you, of the Marvel movies, I imagine you're a fan of at least some of them. What's your favorite Marvel uh, movie? Ooh, wow, you really can put me on the spot here. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have to go with straight off the bat. I'm gonna have to say Captain America, um, the first one. What is the original first called? Avenger. Uh, the first Avenger. First Avenger. Right. I was like, it's the first something. Duh, Avenger. <laughs> um, for many reasons, not to mention Chris Evans being a real-life um, Steve Rogers. So, I mean, um, that one, I think... I mean, Iron Man I always thought was great, but, like, I don't know, when I saw... I don't know, something about Captain America was something that really, really stuck with me. And, um, yeah, I mean, I also... I, I did. I mean, I also like Fantastic Four and as bad as we want to say those movies were with also Chris Evans in them. Um, but I really did like those movies, too. But um, yeah, so but Captain America was kind of my of the new Avenger era was my kind of staple back into it's Marvel. Because honestly, I think Solid I previously would have growing up would have said I was a DC girl. Um but yeah, but that those movies, Avengers, changed kind of changed my mind yeah, on that one. Game changer. Yeah. What they yeah. were, what they've been able to do, and interweaving. I mean, they created a, a a universe that, you know, as fans, we could only dream of. Yeah. Like conceptually, <clears throat> um, I mean, you know, if we want to start talking about tropes and things like that, and I, I'm not sure if Charlie did, but I will anyway. Um. <laughs> Comic book movies fell into certain uh, rhythms, and and one of the ones that used to drive me nuts, and w which was also one of the reasons, in spite of what they tried to, the baloney they tried to pull later in the series, um, I was so angry when when they had Superman kill Zod, not just because fundamentally wrong character, pal. Like you just. Everything that you did trying to set up this character and saying, okay, now we're going to run, you com you've completely now slammed the door as far as I'm concerned. I'm still going to watch these movies. I'm still lay out my shekels to go see them. I'm still going to own them and blah, blah, blah. But in my heart, I'm like, mm, well, this isn't my Superman. This is some guy running around with a Party City costume. Um, but that's also something that the the former comic book movies used to do all the time and the thing about comic books one of the best things about comic books and why i think that um obviously they speak to to younger people originally the fact that they're illustrated sure helps but um is that comic books just go on they go on and the characters they don't age so if you mm -hmm. pick up a, a captain america comic book uh in 2000 as opposed to 2020 he's gonna largely look the same Unless he's, you know, unless he's uh, uh, the Falcon. But um, <laughs> the movies, they love killing off the villain yeah. at the end of the flick. And I always sit back. I'm like, well, this was great. But now what are you going to do, dum-dum? 
Yeah. You could have taken this character, this villain character, which in a lot of cases are more interesting than than their hero. Um, and and you blew it. You blew it. And that's something that the the older. I mean, they Batman did it. You know, the Keaton Batman did it. They they killed Joker. And even then, when I was a dumb dumb mouth agape, know nothing, I was like, well, that was stupid. How are you gonna kill the Joker? What are you doing? And they killed him in such a way you're like. That's going to be tough even for a comic book movie to bring him back. So that was one of the tropes that used to drive me nuts. And when they do it now, I mean, obviously something like Thanos, like you have to address it. Um, but when they did when they did it so recently with the, with our newest Superman, boy, was I pissed. Well, I, I think it, it speaks to a larger it speaks to a, a larger answer, because one of my favorite things to ask people who like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And again, there are certain films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I love. These are precious gems in, in my movie-watching life. I'll pop in Guardians of the Galaxy if I'm feeling blue. I'll pop in First Avenger. I'll pop Just in Winter Just for the Avenger. soundtrack, Guardians Just, of the Galaxy. Oh my god, right. yeah. Ugh. Iron Man. But what's very funny is I feel like if you ask most people... I feel like they the the films that never get mentioned and the easy joke is no one's going to say uh Thor 2 is their favorite Marvel movie. But also Thor 2 was by Not far Not even Helmsworth would say that. By far <laughs> Thor 2 in my opinion was the darkest film. It's the film that tried oh, to feel and right. look like a a, a, a kind DC of a movie. DC yeah. movie mm-hmm. and it was oddly it was conveniently enough the biggest of their uh, missteps. Um, someone can say Ant-Man was boring or a recycle of Iron oh, Man. I love Ant-Man. Ant-Man is but, entertaining but Rudd, as... But I, but I think Rudd, now, I'll watch it. with hindsight in our lives... I, I our just lives, watched it like yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday. The question becomes, which of these films is going to live on and be that uh, when you know I talk about it a lot, but Saturday mornings when I was a kid on WB11, they would show the same like seven movies all year goddamn long. <laughs> like I've seen Short Circuit Seasonal. two more than I've seen myself. Like it's just it was always on. And there's something about those those flicks that you can pop in always. And I would mm-hmm. argue even something that's that's a, a movie that a lot of Marvel fans poo-poo is Iron Man 3. But re-watch Iron Man 3. That little kid interacting with Tony is some of the most feel-good movie shit you could ever <laughs> pay a couple shekels for. So when I'm feeling blue and I don't know who to go to, I go to Iron Man 3. Because despite the fact there's soldiers exploding, the next scene is him leaving a kid in the snow and like fake crying out. It is awesome, and it's a. Well, you, uh, you know what you you raise an interesting point. Thank I mean, you. just with the I, <laughs> it's I was surprised too. Believe me, <laughs> um, Iron Man is in in the MCU. He's he's one of those rare characters that can walk the fine line between levity and seriousness. And do both at the same time when it when it calls for it, because boy is he a snarky son of a bitch, and he drops, he throws shade as if like one of his propulsors should be like a shade propulsor. <laughs> he is, ooh, boy is he a salty son of a bitch sometimes. And he's one of those guys. I'm like, really, really, dude. Even when you had that thing in your chest, 
trying to keep shrapnel out of your heart, you still didn't have a reason to be bitchy like this. But it's entertaining. It's just entertaining. So I, even, uh, well, I, I thought where you were going to go with it, Charlie, was Iron Man 2. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Iron Man is one of those guys where he's always, you know, at least on the surface level, maybe you don't know what's going on deep in that genius brain of his, but he's always, he always seems to be kind of like happy or, or at least like enjoying the moment, right? For, for instead of kind of painting it with a broad brush of happy, sad or happy, angry, whatever the case might be. Now the villains, absolutely. You give me a black hat if they're smiling, like I said, with and it's not not say Batman's a villain, obviously, but sociopath, a hundred percent, pedophile, the jury's still out. But a villain who's walking around, ha- well, Joker actually. So so, uh, what villain is the most more popular villain, arguably more popular? I mean, you know, in comics, Harley Harley Quinn has surpassed him, but cinematically, um, and he he's got a shit-eating grin. <laughs> All the time, no matter what he's doing. So, uh, even villains, yeah. I just, I just made up my mind. Even <laughs> villains are better when they're happy. I just, I find it, uh, you know. And again, I am very excited about Project Power. I don't want that to get misconstrued. I just find it so weird when this. And again, I'm sure it's a studio mandate. I'm sure Netflix wanted a gritty film, but the fact that these writers are getting an opportunity to start from the ground up, and they're like, I know what I'll do. Everyone's right. sad. First frame, people crying. You know, it's like you're gonna kick a puppy in the oh. second. Oh! Somebody scored. Oh no! It was me! It was us! He kicked it to his own goal! You don't know what's happening. When in doubt, dance, Carrie. Just like that <laughs> okay. song told you. Well, works. <laughs> Outstanding. Yes, indeed. So that is time for Charlie. So <laughs> I will take Charlie. Good, good topic. Good topic. As always, anyone who's listening, watching, heard about it through the grapevine, feel free to get at us with your opinions. Were we right? Were we wrong? More carry, less us. Uh, everyone's opinion is valid. And I, I vote agree. more carry personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I've, I've already messaged the group. Um, <laughs> But yes, the dynamite topic. But we will at the midway mark, at uh, intermission, if you will. Um, what we like to do is talk about um, some of our favorites. You know, especially nowadays with everything that's going on, and uh, certainly like a DC universe movie, we all have every reason in the world to walk around sad in the rain both ways. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, crying. It's always winter for some reason. Bring me another sidekick. I'm yeah. sad. If if Batman was as sad as he pretends to be, his ears would be like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's how you know. Without just for any non-animal lovers out there, you always look at the ears first. If you play Red Dead <laughs> and then, and a horse has his ears facing back, his or hers, don't go into the saddlebags. You will get kicked in the kisser. I promise. <laughs> I hope that's the Anyways. thing you like. So, Stuff We Love no, this week, not. I want to talk <laughs> about one of my favorite artists that you probably haven't heard of yet, and that is Todd Webb. Todd Webb is an artist who's... I first fell uh, in love with his work because at hey, his Todd. booth, at, conve- uh, at conventions I've regulared, he has little index cards, plain index cards, 
and a bunch of Crayola. And for like five <laughs> bucks, he'll do your portrait in Crayola. Super simple. Of you? But he gets the uh, he gets the details right. He also has an awesome book. Uh, it is called Valentine, oh, A boy. Cautionary Tale uh, by the wonderful Todd Webb. You can find him right now on okay. Patreon.com forward slash Todd Bot. That's Patreon.com forward slash Todd Bot. I wanted to read you just very, very quickly. You can't really see that. Uh, one of my favorite it, little uh, little ones here. And again, these are very cutesy pictures. Uh, you can see right there for a sense of the artwork. Uh, anyone can fall in love with this. This one's called Sweethearts. It says it's a guy trying to court a lovely woman. It says, hi. The girl responds, what now? I bought. I brought you some cake. It's chocolate. He goes to hand her the cake, and squish. She knew he'd like. He Not knew she'd nice. like it. <laughs> so it's a whole book, uh, chock full, printed uh, beautifully by Second House. Uh, you can get this, and you can get all sorts of art. And I'm sure if you throw him five bucks, he'll do a little Crayola you. I have him hanging on my wall. Now. Otherwise, I would take him down. But Don't make promises for him. That is Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Todd Bot. Uh, again, I love his art style. I love its simplicity. But I also do love his comic, uh, his comic je ne sais quoi. He's the man. Todd Webb. No need to drag French into this, bro. Okay? Sorry, my bad. Let's keep I just, this professional. I just threw like half of my little, like the next 12 <laughs> weeks worth of spot, just all on the floor. <laughs> That's what you get. Well, that was that was outstanding. Now, I'm going to have to go ahead and pull rank as the CEO of U.S. Comics. And I'm actually going to throw out there uh, not one, but two equally well-deserving uh, um, spots. Uh, first and first mostly, um, I want to give a shout-out to, to Pixie Dust. Um, one would say that they, they transform your celebration into a magical adventure. Not just where fairy tales, but also fantasy come to lose. Life even. Journey to a world where guests become pirates, princesses, and superheroes. Just like this. Where all you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. And oh yeah, maybe I just also happen to know uh, the corner. Pixie dust. Obviously with everything that's going on. A um, lot of changes. Much like almost every other business in the world. But, you know, our, again, our good friend Carrie is a co-owner there. Um, just does nothing but brings joy, especially nowadays. Now, again, I, I do want uh, – I'll kick it to Carrie. She can actually talk us through the, the, the short version of it. Is, but do yourself a favor. Go to info at pixiedustbayshore.com. We'll, we'll include the post. Um, www.pixiedustbayshore.com. Uh, it, it's, again, obviously it's a state of change with everything that's going on. Um, but it's worth it's so well worth the amount of talent uh, and care and love that goes into this particular business. Um, whatever comes next, whatever the next iteration of it is, be there for step one of what's next. Carrie, I don't know if you want to speak about any kind of like plans or like hopes or, or things that you guys have uh, in the works or that you're even just kind of contemplating as a maybe. I mean, so basically, um, <clears throat> right now, Pixie Dust is at an in-between. We used to be a birthday party venue space, but um, that's kind of changing up with the world. But um, we, me and my co-owner, Caitlin Nofi, have always um, been 
children performers. We've actually met each other through Long Island Theater. So we've always had, uh, you know, entertaining children was always a big thing for us. And um, so we did that, you know, by bringing princesses or superheroes to them. So we're kind of at this in-between stage right now. We both have a lot of theater background. Um, we want to bring some kind of um, storytelling, entertaining entertainment to children, um, all kinds of children. Um, my next big project that I'm working on um, personally is um, we're incorporating sign language into some performances. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I actually almost, I, um, I've, studied sign language in high school. I um, almost like went to school to like be an interpreter and then it was almost my thing that I did. And then, you know, life changes kind of everything. Wow. So sign language has always been something that um, I've um, held dear to my heart and that the deaf community was always something that, um, you know, I always, you know, held dear to my heart. Sure. So I um, had this idea that I, you know, I would like performers and performers themselves like I've performed and sang and signed before and you know there's always interpreters That's signing amazing. for people but I think it brings a different level of interpretation when the person 100%. who's performing is singing and signing at the same time and that's kind of something that I want to start bringing to the world and like it's so very new I don't know exactly what we want to do with that but you know I have a few songs that I'm already Oof. kind of working on bringing back into my memory that will be probably throwing videos and stuff out about first and see kind of where we land. You know what? I immediately, my mind immediately went to a video that I saw and it has to be at this point, a few years old. Um, but the deaf community is, you know, I mean, obviously a, a, any particular community that has a, a specific challenge that they, that kind of defines their, the, every waking moment, it's, it's impossible to not say, well, this, this should be addressed. Um, because you're talking, you're you're talking about potentially excluding a huge chunk of people mm -hmm. through no fault of their own. I mean, you shouldn't exclude people just on principle, but to do so and kind of like not even address, like, well, you know. So going through the day to day, you if you're if you're a person, a hearing person, uh, you may not think of like, well, what would this particular uh, experience be if I couldn't hear? Mm -hmm. Um, but for them, it's, it's every, every experience they have. And there was a video that I caught of, uh, I, I can't, it was just a little, little kid going to see Santa at the mall, like that quintessential, you know, uh, experience that we've seen mm -hmm. replayed a million times. And even as a little kid was prepared to, to be okay with Santa Claus, the Santa Claus won't be able to communicate with me because I'm different. And had had their parent right there, ready to kind of uh, do what parents do lovingly. And this Santa happened to be. It's is ASL is the the more common one that that we see here. ASL is American Sign Language, so it's right, right. yeah, that would be the one that you see typically. Although so. in my experience around the world, the way sign language has been developed, it's very much the signs make sense to kind of what yeah, they do. Yeah. So worldwide, so that, they don't always sounds, differentiate. But isn't yes, that American of how we do it here. Um, so yeah, but but around the world, but yeah, so but American Sign Language is well, what you know. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I'm far from an expert, but. In any case, this particular Santa starts whipping out, you know, whether it was ASL or, or the, the, the worldwide equivalent. And as excited as this kid was to meet Santa, you can multiply that excitement times maybe 10 when Santa is literally speaking their language. And it was, I mean, I'm a pretty tough guy, but mm, 
it's a kind of representation you really don't think about. And it's interesting, too, because in your life, like down the road, like you could lose your hearing. That's like something. And like, it's interesting that it's something so you don't even think about it all. And it's and it, for me, it's also even a, another level of performance. Um, and yeah. I love I love my one of my new favorite things is watching um, like live, like big concerts of these big names and the, like, you know, whatever the, and the signer is like in the front, like going <laughs> yes, crazy. Yes. And I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't know that was like an option as a job. I'm like really thinking, I'm like, you know, I might've got to rethink some of my choices here because that is a good time, you know, oh, yeah. touring. And it's, and I've, and most of the time that I've seen now, it's like the same person tours with the group because well, why would you, right. Like, and, and the amount and the joy that you, the joy of someone else when, because they don't expect it. People who are deaf, they don't expect you to be able to communicate yeah, with them. They are, they're coming up to you and they are praying that you're going to be able to understand them. And depending on their level of their being able to communicate, like sometimes they got it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you need a piece of paper. Like it's a huge range of it, but you know that they're not expecting you to be able to talk to them. Or at least that's been my experience because I've been able to talk to them. And when I do, the spark, that the, the magic that literally lights them up is that, so that is like the magic that I would like to bring to everyone everywhere. Absolutely. Just that little bit, that little connection to, to, to everyone. Like I'm just this connection to I everyone, mean, you, the communication. You're in the magic business. So, so yeah. <laughs> an, uh, having another uh, uh, magic bit in your, in your ammo role is uh, is a good idea. That that's super, super cool. Um, But like I said, Charlie, I apologize. I, I've got to, pull rank on you i'm actually gonna throw out another unsolicited plug and um we we do talk about the streaming services it's been kind of a common uh theme uh, whether it's about the service themselves or the particular content you know uh, good or bad um but i'm gonna go ahead and mention amazon because it's, it's one of the ones that doesn't often come up in the conversation like everyone knows netflix you know people were signing up for disney plus just to watch hamilton um so so there's a lot of there's a lot of streaming services out there hbo max is all the conversation now uh, i need that password again charlie when you get a chance amazon <laughs> prime though amazon prime they're putting out some great stuff and they're putting out some stuff that's kind of intended to be even more just on the fun side hey you need something to watch I'm going to go ahead and recommend on Amazon Prime uh, American Zombieland. Not because of the plot, not because of the clever title, but because at about the 17.12 to 18.10 mark, you may hear a tune that sounds particularly familiar. Maybe it's going to sound like Hanging Around by our very own Bad mary they are <laughs> amazon official they're in the Ooh. soundtrack and here's my favorite part so you're gonna hear oh, hanging awesome. around at the 17.12 mark um <laughs> and then it, it it also coincides with what may be the best line of cinematic history it follows the person <laughs> uh, i'm laughing just thinking about it it follows <laughs> it follows the line I'm gonna punch you right in the dick. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. When you hear "I'm gonna punch you right in the dick," you know, Bad Mary's about to play their hearts <laughs> out. So, um, so that's a little something that you can that cast on awesome. Amazon. That is awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, good for bad man. I mean, honestly, uh, we had um, Carrie, we had Mike and Amanda join us, and um, obviously they 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 blessed us with the licensing of their music. They bring us in, they take us out every week. They're freaking awesome. I can't wait to um, to cement them into the comic book pages. I love it um, for for <laughs> history's sake, for posterity. But um, anyway, so that that's our plug. So Charlie, you can actually go ahead and start my timer on my topic, <laughs> which is, if I must say so myself, brilliant. It's just brilliant. So we were talking about streaming services, Amazon. Um, again, it was my plug, but also as well as on Amazon. Not right this second. But September 4th, when you sit down and open up that bag of chips or crisps or whatever you're knocking back right now in this corona experience we're going through, <laughs> The Boys 2 Electric Boogaloo will be lighting up the screen. And, ooh, I can't wait. Now, um, one of the things that I like to do, I don't know if you guys have this experience, and, and I'm going to my, – my topic is very – it's like a – like a skin tag, just like just on the surface of the topic. But um, <laughs> this is my lead in uh, the the boys comic book. I loved the boys show episodic experience on Amazon. I loved I'm assuming that both of you guys. Well, Charlie, I know, but I'm just going to assume that you guys both loved it to bits. I loved it. It did. It did that dark storytelling with. Uh, such disregard for how people felt it circled back <laughs> around into feeling good because i'm like holy shit they did that because i feel like the writers and the producers were like you're saying yes to this script let's blow up his girlfriend let's fucking do it it's, i mean it is something i didn't know i needed but it uh it yeah it was sent down from from Just the heavens so honestly it was so good and that's i can't finale. wait i can't wait it's very a lot of rare people... a show ends and my, I look like this. <laughs> a lot that's what of happens. Would, a lot of people would say that it I it's infamously for for the analogies, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. I like to think that it's famous for the analogies, but for me it was one of those experiences where you love Chipotle, but then you find out you can just get Chipotle in a bowl. Like you don't have to have the giant tortilla which is like the size of a fitted bed sheet i'm like oh this is another option of this thing that i already love this is outstanding that was my experience um yeah so so again and and you you know what charlie you're right it was darker in terms of tone but you know like we were talking about a lot of what we were handed was not handed just with that grim negative woe begotten approach I mean, there were there were literal yucks in there, um, more so for like some of the the bad goings on. Like, oh, mm. I can't believe that just happened, or I can't believe this was said, or I can't believe this was what they thought. Or what it was it was a take on what we know of and in, in the genre that we don't often, if ever, get. You know, certainly in a larger sample size than I had ever kind of caught before. I'm like, oh, this is all. This is all, all this particular flavor? That, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so what I always like to do when there's a, a new season coming out of something that I'm in love with, do you guys do, you guys do a, a re-binge also? Because I am, I am like neck deep 
in in rewatching it right now. I'm going to have to honestly. We I just watched. We had a 15 minute recap of season one, uh-huh. and when I'm like. We, we, we watched season one. Me and my boyfriend watched season one, and obviously it was amazing, but I, we hadn't watched it again yet. And not that I forgot about it, but, you know, when things are happening, so you kind of forget about it. And then when you reached out to me and you said the boys, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about that amazing thing that existed in our lives once a week for a while. Hell um, yeah. So I now I definitely would like to rewatch it's, it all it's before. It's good. It's good. Look, you may know you know the the particular topic, but when the finals are coming on, you crack open their books. You yeah. get a little reminder. You're like, oh, yeah. oh, this is what we talked about in September. That's right. So, mm-hmm. so I, I highly recommend the refresher. But um, I do have to say that it was a, a combination. It was like equal parts peanut butter, equal parts jelly. Um, I I came across credit where credits due. On a comic book resource, CBR.com, uh, I caught a I caught a glimpse of an article that I ended up going back to because they planted a seed um, that kind of it kind of lit lit the fuse a little bit and and started the wheels turning in there. You know, with the COVID going on, the wheels had set, little rust set in, had to WD-40 get them rolling again. <laughs> but uh, I said, hey, you know what? That's a that's a good point. Let me now watch this season with with these uh, through this lens mm. and the article had mentioned how the boys the show was pretty unapologetically political and when 100%. i was watching it the first time and and even reading it the first time looking at the content now you're like well yeah dum dum that's that's pretty obvious but when i was experiencing it the first time around I was like, ooh, ooh, the good guys doing dirty. Uh, and it wasn't like, well, that's what the entire book. So because, again, we've gotten like the evil version of Superman we mentioned before. Or we've gotten um, we've gotten uh, like re- repackages of like a Superman type character. Oh, but what if he was bad? Yeah, no, we've gotten that like 27 times. We get it. That's a, that's an option. We understand. Um, but this was like, what if that whole freaking world was just not what it looked like on the surface? Mm. And then uh, I was I was caught up in that much more so than whatever had been seeping in through the sides. And Carrie, Charlie, and I talk about this a lot. Like one of the one of the main things that we are are approaching with the storytelling in U.S. comics was let's let's have a teachable moment with as many pages as we can. <laughs> and when you're entertaining simultaneously, it almost becomes like through osmosis, you're learning some shit or you're thinking, oh, that's a that's a good point. So uh, again, C, uh, CBR, they they illuminated the point for me. And then in my rewatching, um, I took a look at it. Again, season one, for anyone who thinks that maybe uh, I'm crazy, they cover just general accountability sexual harassment, religious uh, fanaticism, corporate corruption, mm-hmm. media <laughs> manipulation. I mean, it it covers such a wide... A, a, it's almost dangerous how <laughs> wide uh, of, a, of a, you know, coverage that they're able to, uh, to tackle because you think, well, you could have had a whole season just on sexual harassment mm. if, you, if you really wanted to, but they were really able to kind of make a jambalaya out of it all and they told a beginning-to-end story in that first season while touching on 
all of these different things. So, I mean, you, you know, obviously you guys are very smart. Smarter than me, obviously. In the watching, were you guys drinking that in and like, hmm, making, making little cribs notes and stuff like that? This is what I'm seeing? I mean, I think from the beginning, I knew it was political. I don't remember exactly what, I mean, the first episode when, I mean, they're already trying to cover up the murder in the first episode, right? That's already happening. So when you run through somebody and jellify them. Yeah. I'm like, that, what, that happened episode one, right? I can't remember yeah, specifically, like, but maybe. that had to happen episode one. <laughs> <laughs> and like, as soon as that happened and as soon as, I mean, and the gore, I'm not a gore person. So sometimes mm-hmm. I got to look away, but this <laughs> is gore. But they have such a this real aspect, honestly, and that's what I really liked about it is that you you spoke about, you know, they could have done this one topic and done it for a whole season, but I just don't think that's real. At the same time as being sexually harassed in your life, you are dealing with this corporate nonsense that's happening mm-hmm. and you have to deal with your own everything else that's going on. So I feel like that's what I liked Great. so much about it was every episode I'd be like, they went there last episode and then they're like, oh my God, they're going to go there too? Okay. Right. Like this is, you are really, and for me, that's what made me love it so much because that's what I really like is like you're being educated or you're seeing the world from a, your, your brain, it's just planting a seed of your brain to think, huh, If you even if people aren't drawing these parallels right now, maybe it's something that is instilled in them that they can see this parallel that makes them think just a little differently because you've superheroes. You've never seen them like this before, but it's so if we had superheroes right now, this is what they'd be like. This is what they'd be. And look how horrible that could be. And look at, and I, um, I, I don't remember character names, but the female, what's her name? The new girl star starlight. Is that what her starlight? remember her superhero name, but, um, she, um, and I think she represented that difference that she, what she is, she's kind of who we are going into this. Like this is, we look up to these superheroes and she wants to be that. And she's doing it for all the right reasons. And she's trying so hard to be it and do it. And she's learning that that's not how it is. And as much as she tries to not, she's punished further and further for trying to do the right thing and that's I think something that's and on top of all that now she's being sexually harassed and told to shut up and stay in your place and I mean uh, for me that's something that that whole idea of all that was something that hit home for me so as when I her character for me was you know definitely something I could relate to when they're talking about her costume and her not wanting to change Uh from her original costume idea and then they want to put her of course they want to put her in her you know her her bathing suit basically <laughs> and then i think that was yeah, such a and that's that's was, I, and that conversation i i knew this was coming that i knew was coming i'm like she's very she has a lot of clothes on right there i know that this is not how this is gonna end because that's just not how it's, it looks so i mean that's just like how the image and the that they were going for so i i I definitely liked that they had and they edited on top of it. And I was very much aware episode to episode, but they, I mean, but not, not to say that I was not shocked by each new thing they unfolded. And I was like, okay, we were at a level of quote unquote normal, but now we're going to really, because even to some point I would say some of the bad things, some of the superheroes were doing, I still tried to want to be like, Oh, but they're superheroes and their life is hard. And like, Aquaman for God's yeah. sake. And then like, and then I'm like, no and then it's like, you know what? I gotta say, fine. I can't, you are no good. And the, and I cannot make excuses for you anymore because 
that is dumb on my part. I cannot make excuses for you. And I think that is what even the, this series is trying to do. And, and, and I love you know, that thinking just outside of the box, something completely Harry, different. You actually bring up even a, maybe a better point that didn't occur to me, which uh, is common enough. But um, how about how when there's hero worship uh, or just like hero acknowledgement, why is it that we become so apologetic for them? You know, why is it that there's a different set of rules for, you know, and this is obviously fantasy, but, you know, the, the, this is analogous to, to the world. You know, it seems that at least on a group level, it, it seems that oftentimes when someone is in power or someone is capable or someone is even just special, now all of a sudden there's a different set of rules, there's mm -hmm. a different set of expectation, and then you have the have-nots saying, mm, that's okay, they're this, they're that. I mean, that is, you know, you talk about a, a timely conversation, but I'm sorry, Charlie, I, I cut you off. No Where worries, were you going? No worries. There's, two, there's two things. I want to backtrack and then I'll... I'll get us back to where we were. Something that's very important about a series like The Boys, both the, the television series and the comic book series, I personally hate those stories. I hate what if superheroes were dicks? Because like I was saying in the first segment, for me, superheroes, I want my superheroes to be superheroes. So you have to bring... Um, I, I was always aware of kind of... That's the, why they're the boys, not the supers. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was always kind of hyper-aware of the bigger themes that they were attacking. And like you said, John, they took a story. Um, again, you know, super low-end spoiler, I guess. But uh, how have you not seen the boys? And yet you're watching this podcast. It's weird to me. Um, yeah. But hey, on pause, the boys, they, watch it, come back. They, took, uh, <laughs> they took a rape story, which could have been an entire series about of course. this character getting molested. Um, and instead, in five scenes, they've told the major building blocks of this story for both characters. Right, right, right. Because ultimately there is this kind of sub-story of, like, molesting's bad, um, which, duh, but they still <laughs> told this, like, really compelling story, and you watch the character learn that lesson... And from the looks of things for season two, they're going to try to tell a narrative of is that something that you can redeem? Ultimately, this show, which is very negative, there's a particular character, and I, I'm just judging by the trailer. I don't know which way they're going to go with it, but it seems as if the season two track for a character is, well, I was the worst scumbag ever. Can I be better? And the question becomes is like that quest for being better, does that come with forgiveness? Does that can someone redeem something that's arguably irredeemable? And that's where when a story is told also well, a, okay, comic, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a story that when it's told well or when those nuances are add to, added to it, it's not just Justice League if they were kind of assholes, which is which is the pitch. Right. If they said, well, yeah, that's that like show, the, the what's your show about? Pitch. Justice League or dickheads um, go on. There's one right. fish guy tries to those those stories are super, super important to get into the hands of the people who don't search, see uh, search out. Rather, they don't search out those stories because there are people every day that are still like, well, that's not so bad. Boys will just be boys. 
sometimes you have to see on the boys, pun mm-hmm. not intended. You have to see well what happens if you got if you got gills on your belly, and a girl wants to put her hands in there, and you do not want her to put her hands in there. And that sounds obtuse well, and and weird, y- but it tells you a know very what, important though, story. You know, just just again looking at things kind of through the narrative spectrum. Um, to me, that that particular scene, and I, I know to what you're referring to, Charlie, that is talking about a completely different thing of victims mm. victimizing yeah. after the fact. And and that's, you know, anyone who's, uh, you know, who's had either experience or has been educated or is in a sphere where you need to be very cognizant of that. Um, to me, it's always like, well, that is a thing, you know, and, and it, I, to not to minimize it, let, uh, I'm going to put that asterisk on it because I, I know I'm going to hear about it. Um, and maybe even rightfully so. Who, who's to say? Um, but I, uh, I allude to a conversation that Charlie and I have had often enough. The popularity of this current like uh, um, fantasy, comic books, sci-fi, like nerdy, geeky things that maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago would have always been looked down on is now king of the mountain, king mm. and queen of the mountain. Um, the, the fifth grade writer would say, okay, well, you have uh, someone who was on the, the low end of the mountain is now on the top of the mountain. They're going to be the best top of the mountain person. They're going to be... Uh, they're going to be wonderful to everybody and, and it, everything's going to be right with the world. And then what ends up happening is, no, they turn into the shitty person that they used to complain about. And that is the, the scene uh, the scene that Charlie is referring to where a, a character who is carrying out sexual harassment is clearly a victim of it. And it's not been the first time. And that's a thing. That that is a thing, and hurt these people, are the, hurt people. Of course, yeah, and and this is exactly the type of thing I'm talking about. Where on a very surface level, you can sitting on your couch and again eating your snacks and petting your dogs and talking about how how much you want to go out and go drinking or whatever. Um, and that's just like that scene happens, like hmm, that's fucked up, and and that's it. But on a deeper, on a deeper seed level, that shit is kind of like spinning around and setting roots and growing and at some point in your in your experience it will come up again that's an educated that's an uh, 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 an education type moment um that that they're giving us and it's fucking brilliant and also to to your to both of your points it's covering multiple uh territory like they're 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 not just dealing saying on a very special you know episode um you know willis goes into the back of the bicycle shop and um it's not that it's like these are these are these are the cats that's spinning multiple plates and you know one of those plates is going to drop they're spinning multiple plates they got one on each hand one on the head one on each foot so while all these things are happening and and you're right charlie they're the things that are upcoming are going to be kind of continuing that and i don't think that they're going to say okay well everything we covered in the first season that was the first season now 
we're going to only deal with new shit. No, I happen to know some of one of the things that they're going to be tackling in this new season. They're taking the superhero uh, um, tact on systemic racism. So only, only having seen that first season and experiencing it with this through the, these lenses of like, well, these cats, they 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 handled things respectfully, appropriately, and effectively. That's I think maybe the best way to handle something that runs as deep and is as important. Not that any of the other topics are unimportant, but for the for the exact moment, like the fact that this is dropping now could not be more perfect. Mm. And the fact that it's not going to be like, oh, well, this show is just about this, which can have people kind of close that, that your, that third, the third eye yep. can close up. Um, they're just saying, no, here, here it is. Here, remember those superheroes that were dicks? Here's the next season. And then the people are sitting back and they're just being radiated with education and, mm. and, and, and deeper thinking. Mm. I, how awesome is that? That's a comic book show doing what most other venues cannot do and have not been able to do thus far. I can't, I, 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 it's just awesome. Honestly, I feel like that is their big, that very idea of that structure, I think, is why they handle it so well, because they're not, you don't want to, it's an uncomfortable situation. So mm-hmm. if you're dealing with that for more than an episode, I'm not saying that everyone does that, but it becomes emotionally taxing. And so you either become more involved in it or you start becoming negative towards it and you don't no. want to watch it anymore like so you almost it, have to be a glutton for punishment if you know you're like i'm gonna go and i'm going to feel badly right for exactly. 60 minutes do it you know right right and then and people and people do that but if you're trying yeah. to educate the masses which is what i feel like the show is it is is for a little bit for everybody Absolutely. um you these you don't want to ignore the important issues but you don't want to shed too much light on it that you can't allow the people to do the thinking for themselves because people need to come to to these difficult things people need to come to terms with and with the right answer themselves because you're not forced these are some of these are moral issues that people are just kind of not seeing Mm. so you need to you you can't just be like you're stupid and you're not getting it (laughs) there's not they're gonna then be like Guess stay away from me. But if you plant the seed, like we were kind of saying, and you just touch on it and you allow them to sit and bask in it and then they touch on it again later and you, you know, at first you're just like, oh, that was terrible. But you planted now this idea that you think on and now, you know, you grow from it and it takes time. So I feel like that is exactly the the whole thing of it. That's the whole yeah. package. I feel you like hear that's that, Charlie? So when I say that I don't like the Fast and the Furious, don't be <laughs> insulting me. You let me plant my seed and come to it eventually. <laughs> you, you know, you, you can't, you can take me to the water, but you can't make me drink. Say no, what you will nothing. about Jesus, but you leave <laughs> Dominic Toretto the fuck out of your mouth. How dare you? Oh, no. <laughs> but dumb, dumb, what, dumb. What, I, what I wanted to say specifically about the that if 2020 has truly taught us anything and sometimes gauging on the internet, maybe it hasn't taught us anything. Um, (laughs) Screaming at each other does nothing. Except gets you more mad. At least in my case, that one vein gets crazy. Um, the, The truth, though, is sometimes you need to start a conversation. One of my buddies, I love him to death. He's always like three years late 
for any sort of like revolution. He like uh, just the other day texted me. He's like, yo, it's fucked up. I'm not supposed to text pictures of my dick to people. I'm like, bro, I've been begging you for a decade. Um, First he, of all, how did you even get my mom's least, cell phone number? At least he came back. At least he came around eventually, I guess. I guess. I'm I was glad like, you owe a lot of people apologies, including my brother. Stop <laughs> sending him those unsolicited yeah. photos. And when it's late, even the solicited photos, I don't want you sending them. Um, what's really what's what's really fascinating to me, though, is this same friend who I won't name because I don't want to embarrass him overly. After watching The Boys, he messaged me like a picture of 30 superhero women. And he was like, why the fuck are they dressed like this? And he didn't correlate it with The Boys very obvious message this wasn't an hour after he saw the last episode this was like a week and a half later he's like flipping through his funny books and he's like what what is the reason power girl has a a hole in her shirt she couldn't think of a logo does she have any support in that yeah it's just it's this weird thing of when i can't decide what shirt i want to wear for the day i don't just not wear a shirt like the, the, whole the logic, <laughs> the logic is so faulty. And you know what, Charlie? Kudos to you for bringing it up because um, I I would not have thought to do it. Um, you know, again, Karen and I go, this we go, we go way back. We go way back. <laughs> um, but Karen had actually posted something to this effect. It was a uh, an article on heroicgirls.com, and they they talk about how. Um, it's important. Obviously, representation is so important. Um, it's and frankly, when you're dealing with a world of like superpowers and magic and and fantasy, to not have um, not just not just the opposite sex present, but you know all the different flavors under the sun and circumstances, that that level of unrealism takes me personally right out of it. Yeah, I'll give you person flying through the sky. I'll give you somebody completely engulfed with fire. I'll I'll give you somebody waving a wand and, and being able to conjure things out of thin air. All of that. I'm I'm in. I'm all the way in. But you're telling me there's not one Puerto Rican person in the entire planet? Like you you're kidding me. Star Wars, the early Star Wars. I'm like there's there's no there's no Spanish people at all, but we have British accents in space. What the <laughs> hell's going on? So so this this particular article just did a really, really good job. But also Credit where credit's due. Um, Carrie shared the article, so she gets immediate credit. <laughs> I read the article, and I literally had that Scooby-Doo moment. I was like, oh, let me go ahead and let me let me uh, peruse our uh, undeniably deep female roster. I had a little bit of a... Carrie inside. I, I, I was like, hey, Carrie, awesome share. Good to catch up with you. Would you mind doing me a favor? <laughs> And I sent Carrie, poor Carrie, she just wanted to work and go about her daily business. <laughs> I sent her like 20 female characters. This Again, was the highlight of you. my day, of my yeah. week. Don't even uh, act sure, like I had sure. the best time. I was like, heck yes, send me all these things. I, I no, sent Carrie the highlight every of my day. female character that we've debuted thus far. And and I'll, I'll, I'll let us crow a little bit. We have a lot of female characters in relation to the overall roster. We've debuted 42, and I think I've sent her 20 to take a look at. It's almost but like I we use her, real life statistics. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. real life statistics, we'd have more 
female characters. It's well, just that like we've you were only trying to represent four. real life, and it yeah. worked. How silly of us! <laughs> How crazy! Um, but yeah, you know, I I, I kind of uh, I called Carrie's number off the bench and said, "Hey, Carrie, I, I got to tap you in for this, and would you mind please looking at at this group of uh, ladies with this particular prism because." When you're when you're writing things, uh, when you're kind of creating things out of out of thin air, and you have an, an end goal in mind, whether it's you know representation, inclusion, uh, reality, um, having something reflect the current uh, climate that that you're surrounded by, you only really have your own perspective. As much uh, as much good intentions as there might be, um, there's always that danger that you may stumble just because something never occurred to you so I mean, you're human you're not going to be able to no, uncover every rock let's, let's, not go, let's not go too crazy <laughs> all right you're you're a being on this earth um and i haven't met a perfect one yeah. yet so yeah. um you can't uncover every stone <laughs> not yeah, by yourself and and the thing about it is charlie you can only bounce so many things off of charlie because he is just a clone <laughs> he's a younger second john so like I'm like, hey Charlie, what do I feel like for lunch? And he's almost always right. God bless you. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so again, this article made a great point, and Charlie, you you raise the point uh, organically. So, so good for you. Well, it also was the and first time. Thank that you, Carrie, for, for doing that. That was. I was so confident helpful. in our characters um, <laughs> because I feel like I've I feel like we've done so much work with even things like. And again, this isn't a pitch for the first time of the episode. Um, we've done so much Where's research into like, is this color always used when trying to reflect this type of person? Cause then I don't want to use it. Um, but we do have one character and it was a character that very early in us comics, I like was very proud of where I was like, if you have fire powers, how are your clothes not on fire? So I like designed this badass character who like, it's so fucking punk rock to me. And I went back and forth for hours with John to, and literally I'm reading this article and I'm like, Oh fuck. She's naked. Uh, I just, uh, I spent 70 hours writing a naked fire girl. God damn it. Um, sicko, you're fired. <laughs> Charlie, you are canceled. Damn it. Um, but it was, it was it, like when I waited like with bated breath where I'm like, did she, how far in the list of, of 20 did, did she go? get through? Because if it's if it's a negative, like tell me now, I have to go jump outside and and, and play in traffic. Because uh, that's time. Oh, the traffic can hold. That's another quick cutoff. We got to work on these fade outs. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, that is time for us here on U.S. Comics Cast, a subsidiary of U.S. <laughs> Comics HQ. You want to find us on social media? You take your punk ass to U.S. Comics HQ on Instagram, <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook, on the YouTubes. Carrie, thank you so, so much for your time tonight. Carrie, thank you. You, you were awesome. awesome. Oh, thank John, you, guys. you were fine i suppose i of course was wonderful as always you could hear this in podcast form 
anywhere you can find a podcast. If you find a cassette with a bunch of podcasts on it, bet your ass you can find U.S. Comics Cast on uh, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Instagram, iTunes. Not Instagram. That's a picture thing. But you can find the link for there. The link is there. The link go is there, there anyway. Why not? Just go there yeah. for Hit fun. Look at some button. pretty pictures. It's great. And if you want to see over 42 characters, take a look at our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram right now. So you also. 43 is dropping. Uh, what's today? 43 drops in two days. Awesome. Uh, but you could be like Harry and you can tell us if you find something problematic. Uh, join the conversation. Let us know what you think. You could even be featured on this show right here, which once again, you can see on Facebook <laughs> Live uh, every single week. You can hear us every single week. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts for Carrie, for John. I'm Charlie. But John, this is the most important thing. We cannot end. U.S. Comics cast on a whimper. No, no. How, my friend, do we end U.S. Comics cast? You know what? I should probably write this down because I always forget. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bad Mary, take us out.